Popcorn and Pixels podcast. I almost forgot the name of our podcast because I'm a little bit stoned. I'm one of your co-hosts, Vanessa Guerrero. And I'm your non-stoned co-host, Emily Rose Jacobson. Look, I had a headache and I No, need- I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I also got distracted because I forgot. We were talking before the podcast about things that we've watched this week and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I've only seen Dune and then I forgot that I also watched part of the Full Metal Alchemist live action movie. Oh! How was that? Oh, first, before Dog we dive shit. into that, yes. Um, welcome to Popcorn and Pixels. This is a podcast right. where we <laughs> explore. I derailed it already. <laughs> oh, good. I'm gonna give it a shot. This I want. I wanted to give it a shot to take it off your plate. I believe in you. Uh, this is a podcast where we delve into film and video games and explore uh, how they tell stories similarly and kind of artistically, and just see what pairs well with what. Yeah, uh, we. I, one of my favorite things in the universe is pairing things with other things. I'm mm-hmm. like a sommelier, but for stuff and experiences. That's, you should put that on a, your a bio or something. I'm, I'm a, like sommelier a sommelier for, for content and experiences. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm always thinking about uh, what goes well with each other. Um, I once did that with weed in movies where I paired different different strains to oh. different movies for different experiences for 420. Um, I had a really lovely tropical one paired with uh, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. Oh my gosh, I still need to see that movie. You, I know, Emily, <laughs> I've seen you clips. would love Barb and Star. I feel like there's a Barb and Star character inside of you. I think there he is. This is how they talk, right? Um, I Kristen think- Wiig definitely does. Oh my gosh. Um, Barb and Star is maybe my new favorite comedy over the last few years okay well that's on the list now it's it's really really funny it's laugh out loud funny like the entire time okay i might need to watch that maybe tonight or something i love barb and star (laughs) i need a laugh um i did watch dune recently because i'm like (gasps) weird about sci-fi uh i don't love a lot like i feel about sci-fi the way i feel about fantasy yeah you're that's you 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 crack me up. I think it's so, I love that about you. <laughs> I love it. You're just like, I'm just on a big fantasy. You're like, yeah, it just, it, it just, it borders on fantasy for me. T- even though like, I like weird, fantastical shit, mm-hmm. fantasy and by extension, sometimes sci-fi doesn't really do it for me. Uh, and my roommate is a huge Dune fan and I've always just imagined Dune as goth Star Wars. And is it, is no. it? Oh. Um, it's, mm, it feels a lot older okay that's what i'm I, dune is about worms there's it's also about worms. spice there's spice and it's it's kind of like for me i the vibes i get are shakespearean yes okay i still need to see the original dune i need to see, i need to see all the dunes i need to see every dune um, which is two <laughs> i call the new one dunk because of the uh graphic design yes dunk and dunk dunk, too. dunk and dunk too um so i watched dune in preparation for that uh it was really good i enjoyed it i was surprised by how much I enjoyed it, uh, because it's also hard to get me to sit for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a big beefy boy of a movie. And then it just Ooh. ends suddenly. Uh, it just, it like, it doesn't have like an ending. It just ends. Oh, cause um, part two is coming. Yeah. So it just, and so that was like new for me. Interesting. Um, yeah. but, uh, Timothy Chalamet is great. Okay. He's, he's very good in it as is Rebecca Ferguson, mm. um, and love space daddies, Oscar Isaac and Jason Momoa. Ooh. 
Uh, they're both just hot all over this movie. Lots of facial hair. At some point, they get rid of Jason Momoa's facial hair, and it's a little bit jarring. Because, um, you know, you're not really prepared for that chin under there. You're you're, you're just used to the beard the I don't, whole time. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him without facial hair. Yeah, it's it's definitely like, oh, my God, there's a chin. <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed that. And then I also watched the Full Metal Alchemist live-action movie. Not the whole thing, just the beginning part of it. And it was awful. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> it was the worst collection of shake and go party city wigs I've ever seen. Oh, beans. Just think about Edward's hair. Yeah. That blonde, long oh. braided. Okay, now that's now that's a t- bad wig. A real bad wig. I mean, I've been to my fair share of anime conventions and comic conventions and I've seen I'm I'm a like cosplayer? I'm, I'm literally like picturing a bad cosplay of Edward and now I'm seeing it in a movie in my I've brain. seen better cosplay. <laughs> I've Rough. seen better cosplay than Beans. the way this movie looked. Um <sighs> but uh other other than that it seems like it'd be something I'd enjoy if I was much higher. Maybe. I was pretty high and okay. I was still having a rough time. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even help. <laughs> Have you played anything this week? Yeah, well, I've been lost in the wars and the stars. I have been um knee deep in Calcastus <laughs> in Jedi Survivor. Oh my gosh, this is probably my most anticipated. I this was one of my most anticipated games of the year. I think even more so than Tears of the Kingdom, which comes out this next Friday. Yeah. Like I adored, adored, adored Fallen Order. Um, one of my best friends, Natalie, and I have been meaning to co- to cosplay Cal and Marin. I think we're gonna do it this Halloween. I think that's the plan. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I just loved, it's kind of, it's babies. It's like souls, like souls, like light yeah like babies for souls. Like I love the first game. I love the story. I want to see Cal and some more stuff. And so just jumping into this, like they've really just taken everything that made the first one so much fun and have just expounded upon it. Like you have different lightsaber stances. I'm trying to find, there's one where you get to like, so, oh my gosh. So there's, you can hold your lightsaber different ways. So you can have like single blade, you can have dual blades, so you can Darth Maul it. You can do like them two separated. So you're like Ahsoka Tanoing it and you can customize, you can like alternate between the two you pick throughout mm-hmm. combat. So depending on like what you like more or like what works better for different types of enemies. And there's one I haven't unlocked yet, which is lightsaber and gun. And I'm like, I uh, that's what my roommate has. Oh, I need to get to it. I'm like, I just need to find it because as like big Texas cowboy energy, Emily, anytime I get like a gun in a game, I'm like, get yeah, gun. Pew pew. pew pew. Also, like I'm a long range fighter. So exactly. Cause you can use the, I saw, I saw a clip online where someone uses his like time slow ability. It's like yeah. one of his force abilities. And you can just basically like Red Dead Redemption 2 dead eye people. And just like use like this time slow with the gun. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. I need to get that gun. I just got, I just ran into Marin again. So I'm pretty, I'm still pretty early in the game, but I'm also like taking my time with it because I love it so much that I'm like, okay, I don't need to blast through this. Like this is gonna, I can coast with this for like another month and then dive into tears of the kingdom and then just get ready for, um, (laughs) Starfield in September. Which is going to be like my year game. That's going to be a game that takes me a year yeah. because all these ding dong planets, Todd. Uh, I still can't believe uh, I don't know much about Starfield. We, uh, we really <laughs> don't. And I think after after Redfall, um, I want to know. A we little need more. to know a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, before I start pre-downloading anything. Yeah, and also too, just expectations wise, like I think. Yeah, I just I we have the Starfield showcase coming up on June 11th after the Xbox showcase. 
and it's going they're they're promising they're promising to see for us to see a lot of stuff a lot of behind the scenes stuff and gameplay so i really just really hope there's essentially like a 20 to 30 minute walkthrough gameplay because mm. we've seen combat that was like the last big, big chunk of gameplay we got i think at the xbox showcase last year when we saw starfield gameplay for the first mm. time it was like going through the space and we could see combat and we could see how you could do things and we saw ships landing and how your hud works and the ui but now i'm like Stick me one, show me like, show me how these towns work. Stick me in one of these towns. Let me see how the characters like, who can I interact with? What are the interactions like? Other types of combat and especially like space exploration and the customization of the ships and everything. This game has quote unquote so much. I need to see more of it. And yeah. like, I think a part of me is worried that it's a lot of stuff and not a lot of substance, if that makes sense. That like, makes sense. The game is packing a lot of different gameplay features, but I don't know. I'm curious about the story. I'm sure it's like open RPG, but but like Skyrim to me had a really fun personal story and I loved it. I loved the story and in Skyrim. Fallout 4 was okay. I think Fallout 4 had some really, like some really great side quests, but like the overall story was kind of like lackluster right. for me. So it kind of makes me a little worried. Like is Starfield much more going to be like a, fun space rpg like emily just plays in space time or am i going to be hooked in this world and in this story yeah that's where i am no that's a really interesting point to bring up and i'm i'm excited for it space is cool me too i mean i'm a big i'm a little bethesda lady so i want you it to are. be so so i mean a big bethesda lady honestly but i just want it to be You're the so biggest good. bethesda lady i know <laughs> i didn't get to talk to todd that was, i still <laughs> i still remember that um but yeah i just I want this game to be fantastic and I know I know that it will be very good. I just mm -hmm. I think because it's their first new IP in over 25 years and so there's like a lot on there's a lot at stake. There's a lot on the table and of course mm -hmm. there's a lot we don't know because it's not like okay, well I have the expectations from like a ne for the next Elder Scrolls or I have expectations for the next Fallout because I know what these games what how they've done these games in the past yeah. and what they do. But this one it's like brand new. So I think that's what's even more kind of exciting but also terrifying. I feel that. Speaking of exciting and terrifying. Speaking of exciting and terrifying. Segways. Uh, those are both the feelings that I feel when it comes to what you picked for this, this week's game. This video game. Uh, are we peeking behind that curtain? Yeah, beautiful purple curtain. Oh. <laughs> it, it, it moved. It moved. The beautiful purple velvet curtain with the golden tassels and lining has been pulled to reveal Emily's favorite video game of all time, Bioshock. Also my favorite video game of Gosh, all time. Gosh, it's just so good <laughs> ah. uh it was it i have extra sentimental feelings for it because it was like the first game that i got with my ps3 Aww. um and I, like i bought bioshock my P a used ps3 mm -hmm. um and a used sound system from the best buy that i worked at oh nice um, team best buy i don't there's this thing where every person that worked at G4, uh, chances are, worked at Best Buy, and there's like five of us. I feel like, yeah, especially if you're like in the creative industry, you either worked at a Best Buy or worked at a movie theater. And I worked at both. Oh, no, I worked at <laughs> Mark. I worked at Best Buy and I worked at AMC. <laughs> um, and then I also worked at a video store. You, yeah, uh, you, you have <laughs> trifecta, uh, triple threat. You're a triple threat. Uh, triple threat for that retail to Your creative EGOT. endeavor pipeline. <laughs> Um, and I remember the feeling of seeing a big daddy for the first time and I had that subwoofer set up and it just made my room vibrate and it felt so crazy. And I was like, this is going to be one of the most formative gaming experiences of my life. And it was, mm -hmm. uh, how old were you when you first played it? So I actually played this game in college for the mm -hmm. first time. Cause I was, I was scrolling on Tumblr 
and I saw this gift collection and it was the ending. It was the ending of Bioshock where, where Jack's, uh, we are going to spoil the heck out of this game. This is I a swear, very old game. If you don't know what already happened, it's such a good game. Oh my gosh. Uh, people got mad when we made this video on, on X play of exploring the ending for it. But it's like, if you click on the video, you're, you're going to get the ending told to you. Like what's in the title. So We're going to tell you the ending. We're going to tell you the ending. Okay. <laughs> to everything that we talk about yes. today. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I saw a gif compilation of all the different hands holding jacks and they had like some quote at the bottom i was like oh bioshock like that's a game i've been meaning to play mm -hmm. and so i got it used from like a GameStop near chapman and i had my xbox 360 with me at college and so i hooked it up and i started playing it and i just my remember i remember the feeling of my mind being blown and like thinking about this game like after class, I would run back to my dorm and play it because I was like, I have to finish this. I have to know what this is. Like, I gotta, I just have to, I have to finish this. Like, what is this? And I've never felt that way about a game before. Up until that point, games for me were just really, really fun. And yeah. They were really neat experiences. But Bioshock is the game that really changed my life and that it showed me what powerful storytelling devices and how creative games could be with their medium. Yeah. And so that's what made me really fall in love with games and like even more so like just like I was already a casual gamer, but this is the game that really made me be like, no, I want to talk about this stuff for the rest of my life if I can. I feel like Bioshock is one of the reasons why it's like such <laughs> a shining example of this is it's one of the first times that you can see video game storytelling be a device that could only be told through video games. Yes, uh, which is why I'm worried like, about the film. Exactly, because so much of Bioshock relies on like the first-person experience and what you know the first-person experience to be and what commonly the first-person shooter experience is, mm -hmm. um, and it manipulates what your expectations are. Gosh, yeah. Um, and it, it's such a a landmark moment in video game storytelling mm -hmm. because it was the first one to be like, I'm not trying to make a movie. I want to make a video game. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So for those who don't know, just a quick little information about Bioshock. Bioshock is a 2007 first person shooter game developed by 2K Boston, who later became Irrational Games, 2K Australia, and was published by 2K. So it's got 2K all in it. Um, it's won so many awards. So many. It's received universal acclaim. You look at a best video games list. This game is on it. It's on it every like single time. And first place, depending on who you talk to, like this game has racked in so many ding dong awards and fun fact, this is actually where we start to see the phrase Ludo narrative dissonance come into play. My in favorite games, words in games journalism, uh, because of Bioshock, Yep, which is really interesting. So, uh, if anything, it kind of inspired the entirety of this show it did <laughs> so for those who don't know the game is set in 1960 and follows jack who discovers the underwater city of rapture built by business magnate andrew ryan to be an isolated utopia the discovery of adam a genetic material which grants superhuman powers initiated a city's the city's turbulent decline jack attempts to escape fighting adam obsessed enemies and big daddies while engaging with the few sane humans that remain in learning of rapture's past you are set uh, as jack as Jack, you can defeat foes in several different ways using weapons and plasmids. Okay, that's when we get a very tech. That's when we get the technical description. That's when we get like, the Here's technical the stuff. You can balance different things. But there is someone over a radio assisting yep. you the entire time. Gosh, um, the whole twist in this game is so good. For those that don't know, um, basically, oh my god, I forgot the name of Radio Man. 
Atlas. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, you, the first words you hear are, would you kindly pick up that wrench? Um, and you eventually realize that you have been essentially brainwashed to do whatever you are told when you hear the words, would you kindly, which has been peppered all over the your dialogue. dialogue and also all over the tutorial. So you have to do these things when he says it. Mm-hmm. Um, the game forces your hand, but you don't realize that you're being forced because you're just following a tutorial. Yeah, You're, you're just-, just doing what the game tells you to do. Uh, and, oh, ice cream truck. That's fine. We're going to hold. Um, <laughs> we're back. And if you hear a random hello every few seconds, <laughs> we had to pause because there's an ice cream truck parked outside my house and it's just staying there. He's just staying there. So if you can hear that in the background, uh, we're sorry, but you shouldn't be able to. My gain is turned down really low. Okay. <laughs> um, I have every ice cream truck in this neighborhood memorized. Oh, nice. I, How many are there? There's three different ones. <gasps> Um, there's two that whenever they come across each other, mean mug each other. So there's ice cream truck beef in my neighborhood. It's because (gasps) there's three of them, but two of them are soft serve trucks. The two soft serve trucks don't like each other. A game of pops. It's a game of, uh, (laughs) although the soft serve truck with the Smurfs on it has served me an ice cream cone filled with tiny bits of broken plastic. So I'm going to say that the second soft serve truck is the superior one because they haven't fed me tiny bits of broken plastic. (laughs) That is the most literal microplastics that you can get, which is microscopic pieces of actual plastic in your mouth. I was like, ow, why is this soft serve ice cream sharp? Um, should not be (laughs) and then i kept eating it after i got the initial piece of plastic out and i was like maybe it's just one piece and then i kept finding plastic i should have stopped eating that's that's the actual lesson in that the lesson was that i should have stopped eating the second i found one piece of broken plastic um but i didn't and that's the curse that i bear so by a shock so by a shock (laughs) speaking of curses that we bear so yeah you were doing you were talking about how um Throughout the game, you hear the phrase, would you kindly? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's such brilliant, it's such a brilliant marriage of, I think that's so funny that the phrase ludonarrative dissonance comes from Bioshock in that ludonarrative dissonance means the conflict between a narrative and a gameplay solely because um, p- people were reciting the choices of the little sisters and yep. how you have that choice, but the game is all ultimately about no choice. So like, what is it? But, um, but I would say that I think... It plays. I don't know if that's necessarily. I think there's other games with bigger ludo narrative dissonance for me. Yeah. Last of Us Part Two. I love you, but you got some. There's some things. But <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just love the fact that throughout the entire game, it's just really casual. Like like because yeah, if you're like you think he's this fun like kind Irish man who's like a speaker for the people. He's rallying the people of Rapture. Yeah. And he just says, would you kindly, just trying to ask you very, very politely, like, would you kindly pick up that crowbar? And like, would you kindly grab the radio? That's like, that's my worst. That's the worst Atlas impression ever. Better than I could. <laughs> so, and yeah, you just hear it throughout and you're like, okay, okay, okay. And then it gets to the ding dong reveal. And it's so good. This reveal is so good. This monologue is so good. The like, floor just falls out from under you. Oh, yeah. Would you kindly? I used to, I actually used the Andrew Ryan uh would you kindly monologue for an audition once in college? And cause I just loved it so much. And it was for a very kind of like villainy role. And I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. Like, and now, Oh gosh. Um, and now that he's come to kill me, it's like, come in. Would you like, would you kindly familiar phrase? And then just, it's such a good, 
such a good monologue because it just lays everything out in front of you and how yeah. you've just been you you thought you stumbled upon rapture when in fact you have been a pawn in this game the entire time you just never even knew from it. go yeah from moment and one so you thought you had free will as the player because you're like, yeah, I want to explore this place and yeah, I'll pick up that thing because I want to. I want to pick up this thing because I want to. I'll go here because I trust you and like, I'll go here because also too, it's my only way to get there because this is a game. And, and I'm linear. stuck underwater yeah. and I can really only go forward at this point. And so for the game to then be like, actually, you weren't in control this whole time. You, there was, you thought you had control. You thought you had free will but it was mind control the whole time. It's so good. It's hard to describe it because it's such an experience. It is such a feeling. Yes. You have to actually like have a tangible, I played it experience mm -hmm. to like feel that sense of betrayal. Mm -hmm. uh, and on top of that, this game is just gorgeous. It's such it's a fun so pretty. art deco aesthetic. Every level is designed with like these, like the most fun creative detailing. I love all the art from the game. I have like posters of the art from, from the Bioshock. first minute you see rapture and you see that whale oh yeah, like <laughs> whale and a big old squid and then the whole fact that like everything went to shit uh during a new year's eve party so you have these like horrified genetically mutated addicted people still wearing their like masquerade masks which is just a whole other great like point of symbolism for the game as well like just about the idea of like who's like hiding underneath something like mm -hmm. who actually shows their face and who's hiding behind someone a frank fontaine atlas being frank fontaine's mask since he was using that persona to manipulate you into giving him control over rapture it's just so 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 smart and the music's fun i love me that's why i love fallout and new vegas and the fallout series and i love bioshock i love any game that puts like legit like oldies like oh, old yeah. school music in there for fun like that's what i always go to in the radio stations and fallout and yeah and just like the the unique cast of characters you meet and all their different motivations and how they help you or how they hinder you and just yeah the, in the gameplay too it is incredibly rewarding like the balance of um plasmid abilities and the balance of weapons how you take on things how like your first big daddy is a pain in the rear but then towards the end of the game when you're like okay i've got a bazooka now like oh you're yeah going just down. three shot you those motherfuckers and i've got incinerate like maxed out in my atom like you are you're done you're done sir i know i love getting to that point to where you just feel like a big daddy eliminator it's so good my only qualm with this game and i think it's a lot of people's qualms is that i think the game is so incredible <laughs> until like with the reveal and then after the reveal it kind of just peters off a bit a little bit because you kind of have to get yourself back together and that's fine but the escort mission with the little sisters i really really don't like still to this day i don't and like escort missions period yeah escort missions breath of the wild i mean i swear tears of the kingdom you better not have a ding dong <laughs> tears of the kingdom i'm coming for you you better not have a ding dong escort mission because the escort mission in breath of the wild with the Korok seed made me want to throw myself it's off of my two story thing. apartment. It's the worst thing. When they chime like, Oh gosh, the fact, especially when an escort mission, when like you're supposed to be stealth trailing and he like turns back around and looks at you and you're like, what do you want from me? I'm just trying to achieve the objective because I want to get the master sword. Uh, so, <laughs> so I really hope Tears of the Kingdom doesn't have an es escort mission and mandatory driving missions are like my two icks in games. I got to live that in real life once. An escort mission or a mandatory drive mission? Uh, both. I uh, had to drive to a location and instead of just getting the address, my parents wanted to follow me there the whole time. Oh, so, but they're also like really slow and overly cautious drivers. So I had to like keep slowing down or pulling over at lights so they could catch up to me. I'm so sorry. It was 
honestly one of the worst experiences of my life leading an escort mission which my parents had to follow me in a car terrible awful uh zero out of ten ten. No, (laughs) no notes it was just bad uh it was yeah it was a mandatory driving and an escort mission in real life and i was it was panic attack city I was like, every driver hates me and they don't know that I'm just trying to lead my parents to this Home Depot. You're like, please <laughs> forgive me. Don't get mad at me. I'm just trying to do something. Uh, yeah, it was awful. Uh, but what isn't awful is this game. Um, see, getting better at transitions. Whee! Well stoned. Um, uh, no, it really is like a gorgeous game. And even replaying it now, like we haven't had a remaster in however long, but it still looks really, really the, good. Did you play the collection? Yes, I did. Okay, so that one, yeah, that one was from, I think it was like, yeah, like three or four years ago. Cause I, I think it's like four years ago. Yeah, because I have the collection, excuse me, for um, PlayStation. I also have it for the Switch. It's um, pretty good on Switch. I've been playing it on the PlayStation. Nice. Um, and I will say while the hacking is better in two. Yeah. Two has better hacking pipe game. Pipe game can go die. (laughs) Pipe game is the anxiety game pipe game. It's like this series where you have to get these pipes to line up (laughs) to like, get it to like meet from one circuit to another circuit. And that's how you get to hack devices. Mm -hmm. Um, although if you're not fast, you just end up electrocuting yourself and then getting caught by alarms the entire time. Um, and but sometimes I do it on purpose because if really? you electrocute the little turret robot and then you knock it out, then you can hack that and you can get him on your uh, side. So sometimes yeah, if I'm in a difficult right. level where like I know a camera's near me, I will get caught just so I'll get caught. And so the alarm will go off. I'll immediately, this is, these are Emily's Bioshock hacks 101. If I, yeah, I'll get it. I'll get sensed by camera. Uh, the turrets will come after me. I'll le- I'll immediately either electrocute or shoot the camera. So it can't do that again. And then once they're near me, I electrocute them, hack them really quick and then disable the alarm. So now I have like one or two turrets at my command. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to do that when I go back in. Cause I'm still, I'm replaying it. I'm just completely, you? uh, I am right before his family explodes family quote yeah, unquote quote. uh so you just did the market the fish market yes gosh that guy's cr- oh that's when they introduce the spider splicers and they do it in such a cool yes. way they make you so this game it's not a horror game it is so much of a thriller and just like the it has horror elements yeah there's like jump scare there's like one big jump scare and that's the dentist office one yeah but um but this game just does such a great job of building tension in all these different levels and like from the moment that your bathosphere spark parks and you see a splicer kill a human you're like "Ah." like, oh sick this is gonna be great i love it here great i have to step outside awesome i love trapped underwater with these that that reminds me of that quote it's like you're not trapped it like i'm not trapped in here with you you're You're trapped trapped in in here here with with me me. that was me and every other roommate i've had in my whole life oh gosh (laughs) everyone's stuck with me it's my time now but yeah like and i think the the game does such a great just speaking of like you're stuck in here with me the game does such a good job because jack never really talks he only grunts if he gets electrocuted uh or dies and yeah and you just see his hands so it does a very good job of like you are experiencing rapture versus like a bioshock infinite where it's like you're clearly playing as booker like booker is an established character i'm playing as booker booker has a past booker has wants and desires and he talks he talks Jack don't talk. He's silent boy. Um, what he does have are two very suspicious s- tattoos. Sick tats. He got some sick tats, which remind me of the film. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, we're, we're already building the groundwork as to why I picked what I picked. 
But um, but yeah, is there anything else we want to say about Bioshock before we delve in? Bioshock good. Bioshock good. Bioshock good. I love Bioshock. It's it's hard to like throw your hat into the ring to say what's already been said yeah. about like what is honestly one of the best games that's ever been made. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we're just one of many podcasts that it's that's covering it. So the only way I can really boil it down is Bioshock good. Bioshock good. Bioshock great. Now I've got a something behind this fancy purple sparkly yes. curtain show me a here. movie you paired uh i paired a movie uh i, I paired memento with this um <laughs> first before we dive into memento yes talk because this was a journey because you originally pitched me two different films yes and i was like oh originally i was like maybe metropolis mm-hmm. because i like I similar art styles mm-hmm. Um, and then what was the other movie that I was pitching? You pitched, uh, you pitched Metropolis and I loved Metropolis because it's, yeah, it was like similar art styles and also that kind of discussion of like, what does it mean? Like human humanity versus free will. What does it mean to be human? Talking about societies. Yeah. Um, let me see. I'm going through our text, our text messages to figure out what it was. Yes. Um, but yeah, Metropolis was the front runner for a while. And then, uh, there's a couple other movies that I was dwelling on when it came to like the Anne Randy at, parts of it all um but the reason i landed on memento was a couple reasons one you have two characters oh, oh what was it manchurian candidate manchurian candidate yep. manchurian candidate because it was another person that uh, i was leaning into the brainwash thing mm-hmm. um but then i realized more than i wanted to lean into the brainwash thing i wanted to really uh rely on a storytelling done by an unreliable narrator mm-hmm. um and Nailed it. jack is as unreliable as leonard is in memento mm-hmm. uh b they both have tattoos that are like kind of trying to tell them what's going on mm-hmm. um c they're both pieces of media that rely on the floor falling out from underneath you yes. and you just kind of like yes you're just getting blindsided with information um and then i think i was doing letters but let's go with number five uh they both involve somebody that like seemed like they were trying to help that was actually a manipulator. Yup. So that was my reasons for pairing it. This is your first memento. This watch. is my first ever time watching Memento. Thoughts. I was floored. Like <laughs> I did not know what to expect. I think this is one of the because it's like it's his is it Christopher Nolan's first? I don't know if it's his it's an, first it's an movie, but it's one. an early Christopher okay. Nolan movie. And I've never been like the biggest Christopher Nolan fan, so it took me a while to watch Memento, mm-hmm. and I was wrong because it's great. <laughs> it's so good. I think I think the reason why Memento shines so brightly compared to like say his latter like Tenet tough Tenet was tough Tenet was tough for me. Memento is simplistic. It is very simple, and I think that's why it it's soars. just telling you a story. Yeah, it's just I, telling you a story. The order is different, but it's just telling you what's happening. So it gets started, and he's like shaking the Polaroid. I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is interesting. And then all of a sudden when it started doing the cuts and it started doing the different cuts and you saw like you, it was like somewhat going, I didn't catch that it was going into reverse until like about halfway through the film. I was Mm. like, Oh, Oh, this is, this is like in reverse essentially. Like we are, we're getting, we're getting moments in the present, but we're also getting moments out of time, but they seem to be escalating backwards. Yeah. And so anything moving forward is in color. Anything moving back is in black and white. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh my gosh this is so smart and cool like i was hooked i was hooked throughout the dialogue is so interesting and so just like rich and just the like you're falling it almost feels like noir it does it feels like yeah it i 100 agree that's a great way to put it and like i forget that i should have written it down as i was watching it because there are a moment where it was like he said something and i was like 
well, you're I, I basically said like, duh, 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 duh. I was like almost like making fun of it or like, you're not going <laughs> to remember that. And then the female character, uh, what's her name played by, uh, Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie Ann Moss. She was like, well, you're not going to remember that. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> yes, Natalie, when she was so sure that uh, he wouldn't forget her the next day. And he was like, yes, I will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I just like, man, this movie was a trip. And even the ending, too. I was like, what? Like, I always expected like I was. Yeah, because I was like, OK, this guy, like somebody, somebody must be playing him. But I think I was really shocked to see how many people I think I was only expecting one. And then it was like, oh, no, everyone. So basically, our film follows a man named Leonard Mm -hmm. who is trying to figure out who assaulted and killed his wife. Mm -hmm. Um, And he is covered in tattoos and Polaroids because uh, in addition to killing his wife, the attack left him with short-term memory to where he can't form any new ones beyond the date of his attack. Um, So he's constantly forgetting people if he met them, what he told them, uh, where he lives, um he he forgets everything so you're finding out things in as many bits as pieces and he is and the entire time he's telling you not to trust memory and he's you should believe him because he shouldn't trust his own memory Mm -mm. Um, even he's like even constantly like he writes down notes to himself even though he has the tattoos sometimes they're covered from him and he has to like reveal and see what tattoos he has or like you constantly see him scratching out or making different notes about different people that then influence him later on or they disinfluence him exactly because the thing that's happening is he is being lied to for personal gain because it turns out he's already like quote unquote killed who he thought it was many years ago Mm -hmm. he's just been a patsy uh for uh uh he's played by joey pants um I'm, try- cop, yeah. I'm trying to remember for this cop this entire time um and uh it turns out the that this jimmy yes okay no no jimmy uh sammy's who he the story yeah of who he thought was another person sammy is the story of somebody that he run a bunch ran a bunch of tests on as an insurance ad- adjuster but it's actually, quote unquote yeah. but it's actually about him and how he was the person who accidentally administered too much insulin to his wife uh, uh, she kind of well because she was testing him, which is yep. just so sad. It was so That's sad, heartbreaking. Also, didn't know that too much insulin can kill a person. And Memento is where you learn. Uh, uh, Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. it was name. Teddy. That's his name, played by Joey Pants. Um, I only know him as Joey Pants. Uh, and uh, he's being manipulated through lies about his memory in order to like kill off people for joey pants i first thought like halfway through the film i was like oh is teddy like not even real yes teddy in his mind kind of like a fight club situation because of the way that he interacts with the way that he interacts yeah and the way that teddy is so familiar and teddy's like i don't know if you should trust people i was like oh is this like as i was kind of being as as the film went on and i was like okay there's clearly more at play than we know like there's clearly a lot more happening than meets the eye i was like oh is teddy kind of like like a facet of of leonard is teddy a part of his mind that is like trying to direct him yeah no no he is not um and that's why you that's why the first thing you see in this movie is him killing teddy Mm -hmm. because he figures if he tells himself a lie about teddy and offs him then that's good enough for him yep uh that new tattoo uh and uh yeah a lot of a lot of stick and poke tattoos that are done really well like really well lettering and design on these also, on these tattoos for home tattoos. I was cracking up because like in the last shot of the film and like the last couple shots of the film where, where Leonard's driving like 
through the streets, like to that tattoo parlor. That's, that's victory Boulevard in Burbank. Oh, that is like he passes the Wetzel's donuts. And like, there's like those few buildings. I'm like, wait, that was where I used to live. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, Burbank, Christopher Nolan, what you doing in Burbank? Uh, telling, telling a fucking wild story. Amen. Oh my gosh. But like, I was so entranced and like addicted. Like sometimes, sometimes I'll put on a movie. I'll be like, okay, cool. Like, this is great. But this was like, I can't, I, if I take my eyes away, it for calls a second, your attention. To yeah. It. I'm going to miss something. Um, and yeah, that was the first couple times I watched this movie where I was like, oh, this isn't really something that you can like be talking through because no. you're taking in little bits of information the entire time. And Christopher Nolan tells you everything. Yep. He tells you everything. The information is right there. Similarly in that, like the whole, like, would you kindly was there the entire time? Yes. Like, like it's there the entire time. You have all of pairing. the information you need and neither piece of media hides anything from you. And I think too, now that I've seen Memento, I, I definitely see, this is a game we've already talked about on this podcast, but like man, death loops got Memento screaming. Oh all over yeah. It. I think had, had this been reversed, had you given me, had we not done phantom thread and had you given me Memento, I think my first pick would have been death, death loop, loop because solely because of like, yeah, the unreliable narrator Colt doesn't know who he is. He has amnesia as well. He only remembers like, and you constantly get those instead of tattoos, he's left like his like mind leaves him reminders everywhere about yeah. his life. But enough about that game. We've already talked about it. We've talked about we've Death talked Loop. About Death Great Loop. game. We've um it. we we talked about Bioshock. Great game. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Memento. Fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. Um and I say this as somebody that like sometimes I feel like Nolan is so ex like excited to like explain himself and explain a concept that he gets stuck in yeah. the explaining and but I'm sick of the explaining. Tenet. That was, was too, yeah. too heady. T Tenant was too much of like, let me tell you how this is happening. This is time. This um, is time travel. And Memento is more like, why don't you try and put the pieces together of what I'm showing you? Memento gave me one act play vibes in its simplicity. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's a select cast of characters. It is pretty much a set um there are like very specific set locations that we constantly revisit and yeah sorry i'm just watching my cat try and sneak into my roommate's room <laughs> uh i was like if she's not doing something to us she's doing something to her oh. <laughs> well she, she was a fantastic guest in the last episode she was a menace um but uh no i i remember the first time i watched this it so my brother and older sister um, are both much cooler than me and introduced many cool concepts to me for the first time. Now I get to be the same in reverse because I'm the young one that doesn't have kids. Um, but they brought home Memento from Blockbuster one day and were like very excited to show it to me. And like we're both trying not to tell me too much, but also telling me to like essentially like shut the fuck up and pay attention. <laughs> uh, Cause I was a big chatty Kathy at the mm -hmm. time. Uh, and it, utterly blew my mind um i had never seen anything like it i mean i'd seen stories with unreliable narrators before but in this case like giving your narrator a specific type of amnesia to make them unreliable to themselves mm -hmm. he's not just unreliable to you he doesn't trust himself nope. he doesn't like unless it's like in inked into his flesh he doesn't believe himself and so he's somebody that's trying to just go off of facts and he's telling you to just go off of facts and even then how can you trust the facts that he is coming up with that they're being put together in the correct order um you can't you can't and uh, so, yeah, I wanted to, what do you think of these two paired together? I love it. Cause yeah, I yes. think the tattoo, incredible, once again, incredible pairing. 
I think the tattoos, I immediately got onto that where he like takes off his shirt the first time. And I also love the way that he's tattooed. It's it's in reverse. So that way when he looks in the mirror, he can read it when it's in the mirror. But when he's like in bed with Natalie, I notice that like, oh, the tattoo was like the first time we see him kind of without him in the mirror, like, or I think the first time I noticed him with his shirt off, like yeah. not in the mirror. And like you can see it's essentially reversed so that he can read it in a mirror. And I'm like, oh, that's so, that's a really smart creative I design. Because yeah, like he's not gonna like look at it and be like, what does it say? But yeah, like because Jack has these, Jack has these very much these trademark chain link tattoos on his wrist from when he was an aged up little baby experiment man. He's like not that old. I think no, he's, yeah, he's like they auto growth that dude. They cloned him. They like they got to be like five days old. Yeah, uh, or at least yeah, like a bit. Um, but yeah, like they you he has this fab. Jack has this fabricated life past where. He believes he was born and raised on a farm. He has this photo that he believes belongs to him and his parents. He was on a trip overseas and then he gets a box. Like he he's told to like, I think his, in his mind he's put on this plane and was told, okay, would you kindly open this box when you're on the plane? And inside it is a letter. And in the letter it says, we, you also get more of this in the burial at sea DLC, which mm. I think is a really, I loved the burial at sea DLC. You know, I've never played it. You got to play it. It's really fun. You get to play as Elizabeth oh fuck yeah it's really cool um and well you get to play as elizabeth in part two you get to be mostly plays booker in part one but i thought it was a really it was a really cool job of how they tried to tie in infinite with bioshock because it's all in rapture so you actually get to get to go back to rapture oh hell yeah which, which was really fun and i i am bummed they changed i mean you it's tough because it's like is this the rapture that we know or is this another rapture I, it's implied that this is the rapture that we know because essentially like Elizabeth is the catalyst that kind of sets off all the events because mm -hmm. she's the one who drops off. Oh, well, spoilers for that. Spoilers for that game. Sorry. This is, the show is, but also Infinite has been out for a minute, y'all. Yeah. And so um, you see that she kind of helps put in motions the events in Bioshock, even though Atlas's hair is blonde in the original game and they gave him black hair in the DLC, but okay, Weird. whatever. I liked him. We liked him. Um, we are hashtag team blonde Atlas. I think I actually put that in the X play video because <laughs> that was a opinion Natalie and I both have. And I was like, we are going to, there's more of us out there. I know. So hashtag I like blonde Atlas hashtag team blonde Atlas. But yeah, like the idea that he is a person in kind of the way that Leonard fabricates this, this story with Sammy and how he worked with this guy and he knew this guy so does Jack believe that he has a family that he goes lives on a farm but there there wasn't a farm there was never a family that you learn of and it just was all it was all given to him and yeah he's been a puppet of of mostly he's not he's not necessarily manipulated by too many people who know his secret I think it's just Frank Fontaine slash Atlas that knows his secret yeah. but um I mean Andrew Ryan realizes it once he kind of comes down and like confronts you he's like actually like surprise buddy well then i guess yeah he gets manipulated by two people because andrew ryan's like kill me <laughs> kill 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 and you kill that man with a golf club and then every other video game has a golf club in it ever since and if you pick it up you get an easter egg reward oh fun. yeah there's a great in um fallout new vegas if you kill mr house there, if you if you find like a putter because there's like a golf club mm -hmm. in the game I think it's a no it's a nine iron it might be a nine iron if you find a nine iron in Fallout New Vegas and you hit you like basically kill one of the main characters with it uh, you get like a fun little Bioshock achievement it's really really funny I love that but um but yeah like I love that the whole tattoo thing and yeah just like the unreliable narrator and just and just how sequentially the film played out like which is very much like Bioshock like 
there's something familiar. You keep getting like these ideas that there's something familiar. Like you keep getting flashes throughout the game that there's something familiar about this place. Like, and you also too, you keep seeing visions. Like yeah. he has these ghosts that haunt him. Not only from in like the way the game explains it, it's because of Adam. Because like by you injecting yourself with this kind of like genetic manipulative material, you're also getting since it's based out of genetic material that's shared throughout uh, Rapture you're also experiencing other people's memories, but then you start to realize like they might not be like these memories might not be from, from people that you believe are strangers, especially like Jasmine Jolene. Yeah. Who you find out is your mother essentially. Yeah. I, I, I love this crazy fucking. It's such a weird pairing. game. And yeah. And like, it's so funny because like this wasn't even, this was never like anyone's plan. It's literally like this woman gets pregnant with at, with Andrew Ryan's kid. And then somebody else finds out and they're like, Oh, no wait, we want that kid. <laughs> and then they 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 brainwash this weird little Andrew Ryan baby and it's just like it's so wild to me, but it's just so cool. Like I just love I I it, this film kind of just as we were saying, you really it's really hard to describe the experience of Bioshock. It's really hard to describe the feeling of Bioshock because it's very much an experience for me. The same thing with like that was the kind of the thing with um, memento where it's very hard to describe yeah the feeling of memento because it is an experience i think these are this is one of the most as it counts on audience participation yes <laughs> and like and i don't think i i think i love 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 that you picked you paired bioshock with a film that gives you that same feeling i think like you said with it would have been really interesting to pick manchurian candidate or it'd been really easy to pick um metropolis for their yeah. respective kind of similar aspect like design aspects and then like narrative aspects like you said like with the mind control but the feel like but finding pairing a film that re really captures that feeling of bioshock where you're just like you said the floor coming out from under you yeah like, what a hundred percent that's what nolan did in this film and now i see why like because because i was i was watching a video before this and like didn't know that this was actually jonathan nolan's idea yeah based off a short story that has been yeah wrote. and then jonathan nolan a few years back at the game awards like talked about how bioshock Inf infinite was a big influence on him ah, so that makes i think sense. I, I just think it's very funny and how cyclical it is i'm sure both these guys are if not jonathan nolan is probably a fan of bioshock as well but yeah i mean oh this film was good this uh, film that was makes killer. me so happy yay i'm so happy when we get good pairings and i'm so happy when you like the movie because at the end of the day my favorite thing about this podcast is we try we get each other to try things yeah <laughs> i mean i'm surprised that i did not have memento because i feel like memento has been referenced in pop cultural media for me so like i knew what it was oh yeah it's very easy to figure out what it is through osmosis but i didn't know the plot i didn't know the specifics and like i didn't know essentially how the film was uh was made if that makes sense like i did, wasn't expecting so many quick edits or quick cuts or like yeah. tiny little scenes and i think that's what was surprised me the most and i was like oh i'm so glad that no one ever was like hey this is memento or like i got in a place where i got it really spoiled because it was such a treat to watch for the first time ah that makes me so happy um yeah i love this pairing this is maybe one of my favorite pairings we've done so far i was preventing cat from jumping on the table just now um but uh I'm very excited for what I have picked for next week. <gasps> what is next week's? Well, not next week, but the week after. Because yes. this is a bi-weekly podcast. Because mm -hmm. Emily and I are busy ladies. We are. Um, I, I wanted to pick something that uh, let you be as rootin' tootin' as you wanted to be. Oh, what? <laughs> so what? I picked the True Grit remake <gasps> by the Coen brothers, uh, which is oh. one of my all-time favorite movies. I literally Dang. have a giant tattoo of a rooster. Uh 
because I love Rooster Cogburn so much. Um, so I'm picking True Grit for m- the movie next episode. Yay! Oh my gosh, I have my work cut out for me. Yeah, yeah. I know. How do you even pick something? How I how I gotta go through my library of cowboy games. I mean, or do I even do anything cowboy? I mean, that's the that's the fun question of this yeah. podcast. Is like, what, what what do you lean into? What element do you lean into from the respective media to then pair it? Exactly. And that's popcorn and pixels. That's popcorn and pixels. Hey, that's popcorn why we're and here. Pixels, you pee pee heads. <laughs> I love you, pee pee heads. Um, Emily, where can people find you? You can find me at uh, on Twitter as long as it still exists. Um, at frankly underscore Emily. That's where I share everything I've been doing. I I share videos that I've helped kind of write and produce, and any projects that I've I've got going on. I have a fun thing coming up in june that i get to announce soon so that'll be fun so stay tuned for that um you might even have the chance to win something uh and yeah be sure to follow me there and then a special shout out just because um they were they were so so nice i got to to guest on uh a very very fun video game podcast called and i'm blanking on it and patrick is going to kill me so we're vamping we're yes. vamping <laughs> sorry for time. i forgot the middle of the i forgot the middle word patrick don't kill me um but i got to guess on nintendo cartridge society which is an incredible incredible podcast if you like all things nintendo i highly recommend going listening to it it is it is run by two amazing amazing people and patrick uh had me on recently to talk about the super mario movie and just was giving was giving popcorn and pixels its flowers and i just really really appreciate it and yeah please go check out nintendo cartridge society they are hilarious over there and they they give you the news and then they also do really fun stuff like we basically our whole episode is um what what would you pull from the super mario movie and what would you like into the gaming world like what elements do we want to see Ooh! and so we got into some really crazy conversations there I love that. I'm yeah. going to take a listen to it. Oh, thanks. Uh, what you about can, where can people find you, Vanessa? You could find me under NESS Guerrero on Twitter and SNES Guerrero on Instagram. And then uh, a show I produce every other Monday on the Grums channel called 10 Minute Power Hour. Check that out. Um, Parhead, stop scratching my scarves. Uh, she's forever going to be the third host of this uh, show. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's where you can check me out. And the podcast doesn't have a social media because, again, Emily and I are busy gals, but you can talk to us on there about what you would have paired with this instead. Mm -hmm. Um, Or did you like the pairing? Uh, We love hearing from you. And uh, we love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.